is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the Utah RV Super Show. Come on out see us at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. Gordon, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, making his weekly appearance on the big show, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. Tanner, what is up? How are you? Good. Doing great. Excited for this game coming up. So what's this? Gordon tells me you've been uh, you've been climbing mountains? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, trying to fill my time. <laughs> now that uh, I'm a little bit has been, I've been uh, doing a lot of hiking this summer. I went to Mount Whitney this past weekend and climbed that mountain there. It's in, it's in California. It's the highest peak in the lower 48. So I went with some family and friends, and it was, it was an awesome trip. So uh, have you ever fully recuperated there, Tanner, or are you still uh, feeling the effects? I'm feeling a little bit. The uh, the altitude you know, got me a little bit, but uh, overall I'm doing well. I'm getting back into the swing of things. So, my last week that game, BYU-Tennessee, uh, just an incredible football game to watch. Uh, you, you know, you saw Zach Wilson make some, some really clutch plays, but how good did you feel for your former teammate, Micah Simon, when he made that game-saving play toward the end? Well, it's huge. He's He's been there. It was his, his fifth year now. He he got there in 2015, right when I got back from my mission, and, and so we were, we were freshmen together this year. And so you know, I've, I've seen his growth, I've seen his progression. I, I, I you know worked worked with him every single year, and, and, and he works hard. He puts he puts in a lot of time, and and so to to be able to come up with those big plays and in, in those big moments was awesome. You know, especially uh, it just, it, at the time, timing was 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 huge. You know, it pretty much. I don't I don't know what the win probability percentage was, but I'm sure it was pretty low. And then just just in, in the blink of an eye, all of a sudden they're in field goal range. And 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 and, and that, not only that, not only the last play though, but the, the catches leading up to it. You just you could just tell he was feeling confident. Zach was feeling confident in him. He was looking his way. A lot of the plays were designed for him. You know, he had, kind of had the primary route on each on those plays, and so I, I think it's a testament to uh, you know the, the coaching staff trusting him, Zach trusting him, and I and I think that comes with the work that he that he's put in to be able to be in that position to be able to make the plays uh, when when the team needed it most. Tanner uh, Tyson Williams had those nice uh, runs, including the uh, the game clincher when he was carrying, I think, half the stadium over the goal line. That was that was uh, really sort of his coming out, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I I haven't had a chance to meet Tyson, but just 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 from watching him uh, on the field on the sidelines, I, I really love his demeanor. Uh, you, you can tell he's he has experience. He's got a you know, he plays with with a lot of toughness. He runs hard, and and, and he knows what he's doing. And, I, and I, another big thing that that I've really come to appreciate is, is coach, the running backs coach AJ Stewart. He, he's a great coach. Yeah, he knows football. He knows the position well, but also he's he's really passionate, and he and he loves his players. And and you can just tell by the way he interacts with them, the way he coaches them, the way he talks with them. 
he loves coaching. He loves his guys. And uh, and I think you can see it with the way that he, he coaches Tyson. And so I think that, that the running backs group uh, with, with Tyson and then Mokini, and I think there's there's some growth that's going to come as the season progresses. I think the running game can do a, um, has a lot to work on. I, I think the statistics show that. But I think there's potential, and I think that showed uh, at, on Saturday. And I think there were moments where we saw, okay, there's potential there. You know, there's, this this running game can can take off and, and can can provide big plays when we need it. So now it just needs, needs to become more of a consistent focus. Tanner Mangum with us, former BYU quarterback, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Tanner, I'm sure you noticed BYU is, is running an incredible amount of RPOs. Take us through an RPO from a quarterback standpoint. What are you looking at to make the, the right decision on what to do? Well, it's it's something that's very common all across football now. It's in college and in the NFL now. It, it, it's evolved, um, and it's, it's become a big staple for a lot of offenses. And I think we'll see a lot that, from a, a lot of it from USC as well, it, just, it puts it puts the defense in a, in a bind, and that's the whole goal of it is to force key defenders on the defense to be torn between playing the run or playing the pass. And so, as a quarterback, you each each, each RPO comes with a key defender. A key defender is a defender that you have to read, that you have to look at when you're when you're at the line of scrimmage and you're you know holding the ball, putting it into the stomach of the running back. But your eyes are looking at the key defender to see how he plays it. If he plays the run, if he comes up, he squeezes, then you're going to pull it and throw the pass behind it. But if he stays wide, if he stays deep, if he doesn't pursue the run, then you can just hand it off. And just that, that hesitation by the defender can be enough to give the running back a little more running room and the opportunity to gain a few more yards. But if he squeezes, that provides the receiver just enough time, just enough room to get open. And so... You see it a lot because it, uh, it, it it provides versatility. It allows an offense to, to be multifaceted. They can they can either run it or pass it. And I thought Zach did a great job with his reads of um, giving it when he needed to, but then pulling it when he had the opportunity to be aggressive. You know, every now and then you'll make mistakes, and there are a couple. You know, there, there's always going to be times where you look back and realize, ah, I should have given it, or I, I could have pulled it there. But overall, Zach does a good job of trusting his reads. Knowing what he's looking at and um, and just and doing what the defense dictates, and I think uh, if they continue to do that, it can, it can provide a lot of, a lot of explosive plays for them. Speaking of explosive plays, we saw that out of USC, the team BYU is facing, and Utah gets them the following Friday night. A key by a 18 year old freshman quarterback, and I know an inexperienced quarterback who comes on is called on to uh, pull off some. Some big plays is something that you can't relate to at all, Tanner. But uh, I guess you you were a little older than this kid was. But uh, still, what? How difficult is it for a quarterback who has never seen really a whole lot of action to step in and do what this Slovis kid did against Stanford? Uh, it's it's pretty impressive what he did, uh, especially against a, a Stanford defense that historically has, has been one of the tougher defenses in the Pac-12, but. He came in with a lot of poise, a lot of confidence, and I think another big thing that played into it was was the confidence and poise of his offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, who, despite having a new freshman, you know, first play of the game comes out empty and just kind of sends a message to the 
to the other team saying, hey, you know, we don't care that we have this new freshman quarterback. We're going we're gonna to still play aggressive. We're still going to stick to what we do. We're going to spread it out. We're going to throw the ball down the field and, 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 and come up with these big explosive plays regardless of, of who's, in, who's, in, who's in at quarterback. And, and so I think that that combination of that confidence, that swagger from, you know, from the OC to the quarterback was, was impressive to watch, impressive to look at on film. And I think it's, it's, it's one of those things, Gordon, where you just you never know. Some, a lot of players can be really good in practice. They can be really good in high school. They can have a lot of good tape or good potential. And for some reason or another, they don't pan out on Saturdays when, uh, you know, when the game is on the line. You just never know who, who kind of has that, that it factor, so to speak. But I think, uh, you know, Keaton Slovis showed that he has it, that he's got confidence, that he's not phased by the big moment. Um, and I, I think Zach Wilson showed that last year as well. It's just, you know, even though they're they're young, you know, 18 years old or 19 years old, fresh out of high school, they have confidence. They know what they're capable of. They they know what their arms are capable of. The throws that they can make, and they don't worry about uh, the age difference. They don't worry about the uh, the noise of the crowd or the or the hype that's surrounding them. They just go out and play their game. And I think that's a big thing that. Oh, you know, there's a lot of young freshman quarterbacks that are playing um, across the country, and, and while yeah, while freshman mistakes are a thing, and youth does come into play at times, I think more and more freshmen are showing that they're poised, that they're confident, that they can they can play with anyone, and uh, and I and I think Slovis is a prime example of that, and he's he's got to be feeling confident after what he did last week, and I think it's gonna be uh, you know, I think he's gonna be a, a, a force to be reckoned with this week and, and in the weeks to come. A follow-up on that real quick. If you were a defensive coordinator, Tanner, would you go after this kid? Would you try to pressure him into mistakes, or would you drop guys back into coverage? So that's, that's, that's the million-dollar question this week, and it's, it's a very tough dilemma because you look at USC. And I, will, I guess first of all, let's look at, at BYU's defensive line and, and, and the pressure or the lack thereof that, that, that BYU's defensive line has created. You know, last, last year – uh, you know, we were ranked, uh, you know, towards the very bottom of, of sack rate. Uh, you know, weren't able to generate too much pressure, and then in, in the first two games this year, we've only gotten to the quarterback once, and and so I think that's that's an area of concern uh, is, is on BYU's defense is the lack of pressure created. Um, and so if you if you do but if you do decide to send more pressure, if you decide to say okay. You know, we need to get more pressure on the quarterback. Let's blitz more. Let's let's create more pressure. The the downside to that is that you put your defensive secondary in a very tough position. You leave your DB, your corners on islands. You leave your your secondary uh, very exposed. And against a, an explosive USC offense with amazing skill players, amazing receivers uh, that, that USC has, that that's a very tough uh, ask of your defense. And so I think it's it's going to be tough. Because if you if you blitz, if you pressure, uh, you leave your secondary exposed. But if you if you sit back in zone, then you leave a very talented quarterback with a lot of time to scan the field calmly and uh, and pick apart your defense. And so I think it's it's, it's going to be a very interesting uh, aspect of the game is is how Coach Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator for BYU, decides to to play it. <laughs> Tanner Mangum with us, former BYU quarterback on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, uh, BYU under Coach Sataki has been much better against P5 opponents on the road than they have been at home. Is that just a coincidence or is there a reason for that? 
I've been thinking the exact same thing. I've been I've been thinking about that uh, just in my time at BYU and the, the success that uh, we had. You know, I played a year with Coach Menon Hall and two years with Coach Sataki, and it was always so interesting to, to think about those the big road victories that we had. Um, and I I really don't know. I I I, I want to say I want to say it's I I don't think that we play worse at home. Um, for for any other reason other than we we were playing some good opponents that make make good plays and then we 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 hurt ourselves with with turnovers and, and things like that. Um, but I think uh, regardless whether you're on the road or whether you're at home, you have to be able to create momentum. And you have to be able to create energy for yourself. And at home, you know, it can be easier to do that when you have the home crowd supporting you. Um, but I, 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 I saw it on Saturday again in Tennessee where, you know, there, there's there's lulls. There's moments where there's no energy. It's just kind of, you're, you're kind of uh, playing a little bit lackluster, a little bit mediocre. But then you start being aggressive and you create some big plays and then you get you get energy off of that. And then what comes from that is confidence. And, uh, and so I, but I think you have to do that wherever you are and, and, and at, at home. You have to do it just as much as at home as you do on the road. And I think this Saturday will be big, playing against a very explosive USC team. I think USC is going to—they're going to they're gonna create points. They're going to have big plays. They're going to have big moments that, that will make them confident. So then it's up to BYU to respond, to play aggressive, to, to create big plays, but to then create their own confidence, and um, and you know, and get to get on that uh, that right side of, of winning at home and and. and you know, be, beating a ranked opponent at home as opposed to on the road. Tanner, hey, man, we always look forward to hearing from you each and every week. Thank you so much for the insight, and uh, enjoy the game this weekend. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. And, man, I, I've said this uh, a couple times before, but it's going to be fun having him on all season because that he, – that's ter- terrific insight. I loved his answer on the RPO because BYU is doing a ton of that. Yeah. And how a quarterback reaches that decision I, I find fascinating because they're putting so much on to Zach Wilson to make the right decision and put the offense in the right place. Like That's a, that's a really big responsibility. And the, uh, the whole idea of what do you do defensively against a team like USC, you've been bringing up over and over again, they've got these explosive wide receivers, and you've got a quarterback who has shown that he is capable of getting the ball to those guys in a very effective way. So is BYU's defensive secondary capable of shutting those receivers down? No. Well, the the front uh, the defensive front really has not shown the capability of pressuring a quarterback without some assistance with extra resources coming alongside and then when you do that then guess what it does it depletes the pass coverage even more I think they're going to have to use that extra assistance I really do hmm. and by extra assistance of course I mean find out where they're having team breakfast and figure <laughs> out a way. To you know, you uh, like like uh, you the, the dumb and dumber you know approach where you you, you get a lot of laxative. <laughs> not, no, that, I I think they're gonna be, uh, that would that would be downright dirty. I think they're gonna have to figure out a way to to draw up some quick blitzes. I really do. I I I don't think they'll be able to guard those receivers for long. 
regardless of how many people they drop back. So, so wonder, they're going to have to figure out a way to rattle the cage of the young guy. I wonder what Graham Harrell is thinking right now. Is he thinking exactly that? So what do you do then? Quick hitters? Well, you make you know, sure you, you, you trust you the... You take three-step drops and fire the ball? You, what? Well, first of all, you make sure you trust the staff who's serving the breakfast <laughs> and watch them like a hawk. <laughs> so breakfast is the key. Breakfast is the key. All right. Uh, no, I don't know what you... It's uh, Probably what you do is you score a bunch of points because you're going to have to. To keep up, you get me? You get where I'm, I'm going? Like the offense is going to have to be good because USC is going to score. Yeah, but I'm talking about from Graham Harrell's pr- perspective. What is he... Is he going to play into the whole idea that, okay, look, they're going to bring blitzes. And and my freshman quarterback has to unload the ball in a hurry. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna probably run routes to get the ball out quickly. That's, and once those receivers the get the, I mean, they are capable of, you know, a juke move here or there, and all of a sudden right. yards after the catch, man. I see where you're going. You were from Graham Harrell's perspective. Yes, I, I apologize. I got a little. Were you daydreaming there. over there? <laughs> no, I got lost in my in my breakfast poisoning story. <laughs> You really gave that a lot of thought, uh, yeah, didn't I you? Yeah, I did. I got a little You're lost remembering there. every detail of that whole uh, episode. <laughs> you break into where they're going to have breakfast, and then, yeah, no, I got, you know, got a little carried away. Sorry. Didn't that happen to the Utes during practice a number of years ago? Remember Were they when, got poisoned? No, they get poisoned, but all of a sudden, you know, they had the bubble gut thing going on. <laughs> I and, don't know. I, I don't know. Mm. Okay, I don't want to think about it. I don't either. Uh, all right, we want to remind you, if you want to have better health or to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone Listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and much more. Visit Restore.com for more details. Joining us now, we are live today at the Utah RV Super Show at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. And Chris is with us from Camping World. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Man, this event is is so cool. I mean, like if if you're into camping or RVs, toy haulers, or whatever, this is Christmas. I mean, you got to come down and check out the latest. No, it is. It's we got everything, everything for any, what you want, up to big old fifth wheels and motorhomes, all the way down to the small travel trailer for your family. All right. So I have I have two questions for you. Uh, if if you were somebody like me who would be kind of a beginner in the RV world and operating on a limited budget, what would uh, what advice would you give me? And then also, if you're like my co-host here, where budget is not a word, yeah, what, no uh, what direction would you point him in? Well, for him, I would tell him that he needs to get probably the nicest RV he could from Camping World. <laughs> Just the... That, what, a 36, 40-footer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All the bells, all the whistles. Because he's got plenty of driveway for it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking maybe we could get the sandwich place that helped Gordon Hayward out. Maybe we could have BYU cater. Hey, look at that. See, Chris Chris is thinking uh, strategy. I didn't know if we could drop their names. So no, nah, it's probably a good idea yeah. not to. Uh, probably a good check swing on your part there, <laughs> yeah. there Chris. But uh, So what would you recommend for uh, my friend Jake here? What uh, what uh, sort of introductory I would say, I mean, Camping World, we have Jayco, which J-Flight's number one selling travel trailer in the U.S. has been for a long time. And it's really the perfect RV for a young family. That or our Coleman product. 
And, you know, just here at the RV show in general, there's just a lot of travel trailers and, and some fifth wheels and stuff that, that match everything that anyone would need. And, of course, there are a lot of great retailers down here, that, you know, that uh, you, everything's in one spot. But I think most everybody's heard about Camping World. Tell us about you guys. Yeah, so we're actually up in the Kaysville location, so we're up in Davis County. But Camping World is, is the biggest RV outfit out there. and. And we, we use that to, to use our buying power to bring in some really good brands. we got the top brands and, and really the top prices out there. Well, thanks for uh, dropping by the show. We appreciate you. No worries. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have more from the RV Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The, the reality show guy, still the CEO, Marcus uh, Limonis. My wife loves that show. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's yeah, not I bad. It's yeah, it's not bad. I got stuck watching Say Yes to the Dress for a while. Oh, boy. Yeah, you got to gotta, you gotta nix you gotta that right away. Yeah. yeah. Get rid of that. Cool. And you're going to be back for our next one, is that right, at uh, 55? I can be. Oh, well, maybe not. Never mind. Well, maybe. Uh, I, just, I do what I'm told. Well, maybe we'll see you, Chris. If not, thanks for dropping by, man. All right. See you. Okay. Gotcha. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we want to say big thanks to uh, the folks here at the Utah RV Super Show. We've had a great time. Uh, and DJ and PK, actually, are going to be out here getting the word out about it uh, tomorrow morning, too. Yeah, and I've been fully aware of when the RV show starts started. Which is good. Which is really and good. And I haven't smelled any dog food. <laughs> so so uh, also. I'm, I'm off to a rip-roaring snort start here. Rip Snorton start? Rip Snorton start? <laughs> sure. Uh, we've got the movie zone coming up right around the corner. Uh, earlier today, I, I said that I thought uh, that you, you were searching for the celebrity that you looked like, and I said Gary Busey. Scotty uh, thought that that was pretty right on. And then I also have to say I thought Big Trouble in Little China was a terrible movie, and now he's angry at me because apparently he loves that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Well, Don't take my word for it. Everybody I'm not has different tastes in movies. I mean, you know, just because one person likes it and the other dislikes it doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong. What do you have? Uh, what is your favorite movie you've ever seen? Do you have a definitive number uh, one? Oh no, Mm-mm. I don't. I probably do. You do? That's probably The Godfather. Oh well, that's a that's a pretty solid choice, I'd say. But we're going for definitive number one. I mean. A lot of a lot of critics would agree with you. Uh, Godfather Two was also good. I, I took a movie class in college, and the, that professor said Godfather Two was better than Godfather One. I don't know if I would agree with that, but I think everybody can agree that both are far better than Godfather Three. Yes. And what's the worst movie you've ever seen? The worst movie I've ever seen. Big Trouble in Little China might be up there. <laughs> how could you be? How could your opinions be so divergent? Uh, it's Scotty's favorite movie of all time. Okay, and you so, hated it? so here's why, honestly, because Scotty probably saw it when he was a kid, and so there's some nostalgia there where you mm. you see it when it first comes out, and you were super into it. I saw it when I was in my twenties, and I had a buddy that was in love with Big Trouble in Little China, and just talked about it all the time. <laughs> and then I finally watched the movie. He made me watch the movie, and I just thought it was so dumb. So I think it's it's what vantage point you're coming from. I'll right? tell you a movie that the critics seemed to like that I hated. Uh, I really didn't like it. And I'm not because it wasn't a good movie, but it was too much for me. The Revenant. 
Uh, never saw it. When Leo DiCaprio gets absolutely torn to shreds by that bear? I, I don't need... I didn't need... Didn't you that, walk out of that movie? No. There may be a, there may be a morning show host that uh, walked out on that PK one. walked out on it? He and his wife may have, uh, but uh, they were done with their popcorn. Uh, I watched a pretty... Oh, never mind. I watched a pretty terrible Jennifer Aniston movie not that long ago. Which uh, one? I can't even remember the title of uh, it. All I know is when it was done, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, there's two hours. We're never getting back. <laughs> okay. Just awful. All right. Movie Zone coming up right around the corner. Austin and Adrian, stay tuned for that. Thanks again to the folks here at the RV Show. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, Gordo, over at the warehouse. All right. I'll see you then. Thanks to all our listeners. We do appreciate you tuning in. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We are live from the Utah RV Super Show. Gordon, we're here at the Mountain America Expo Center, 9575 South State Street. They're open tonight until 9. They're open tomorrow from 2 to 9. They're open Saturday from 10 to 9. And Sunday from 10 to 4. So make it a part of your weekend. want to remind you about the good folks at Homey. Did you know that Homey assigns a whole team of realtors and specialists to sell your home for a flat 1500 bucks? That means thousands of dollars in hypothetical realtor commissions back into your pocket. That's innovative. That's fair. That's a company who's got your back. That's Homey. So come on by and uh, come on by and see us, uh, Gordon. A couple odds and ends out there. Uh, did you see that a new recording of Book Richardson, part of the FBI uh, investigation, was uh, reported on by Yahoo Sports today, and that uh, he talked about uh, paying off a high school basketball coach, uh, let's see, forty thousand dollars just to uh, get to alter a transcript. Yes. of a recruit, of a point guard that they were trying to land. I, I bring this up not because I don't, I don't know if it spurs any controversial discussion, but you and I have both followed this whole story so closely. I just find it really interesting when, when stuff keeps leaking out that is so blatant. And the NCAA, what are, what are they going to do, if anything? They, I mean, Book Richardson, by the way, is, is in jail but if they're not going to buy the see no evil, hear no evil defense from BYU, I want to see what happens to Sean Miller. Because that's exactly what he's doing with this book, Richardson. He's yeah. saying, oh, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So are they going to buy that from Arizona? And I get it that they had to wait for the legal process to wrap up before they did their own investigation. But I hope that Arizona and other universities out it are, are like it are held to the same standard. But, you know, I almost get the feeling that uh, it's almost like whack-a-mole. You know? You ever played whack-a-mole? I have played whack-a-mole. Well, just about the time you're hammering one, you got two others coming up over here. <laughs> and then you turn your attention to that, and then the other one comes up over on the other side. 
You know, even if they nail Arizona and Sean Miller, uh, what about all the other moles that are popping their heads up? I, well, that's what setting a precedent is supposed to do, right? <laughs> yeah, in theory, I guess. In theory, you hold, and that's what the NCAA did with BYU. As, as we talked about, I thought BYU was the wrong candidate to make that statement with. But I like the statement. I like it that they're going to hold coaches and, and programs accountable for what happens in their program. No longer can they go, I don't, I don't know. Sean Miller can't. He, he's going, oh, Book, man, he went rogue, I tell you. <laughs> and by the way, they didn't mention where Book got the forty grand from, by the way. <laughs> that didn't come up uh, in the recording. The slush fund uh, that is uh, stashed away somewhere didn't, uh, didn't come up. But what a, Sean Miller should know what Book Richardson is up to. Absolutely should. And the fact that he, if it's true that he doesn't know what Book was up to, it was because he didn't want to know what Book was up to. And that's no defense. Well, you know, well, that's well, no well, defense. This is, what, this is what makes this whole thing difficult, is if you want to have good feelings toward a program that is successful, uh, it's hard to do. Because it reminds me of the uh, the home run races of yore. Mm-hmm. When you didn't, I mean, how can you root for folks that you suspect are cheating? And yet, the networks that uh, provide the games, you know, they don't want to. They don't want to harp on this because they don't want to upset the apple cart. They want everything just to keep moving along all smoothly. And so, what happens is, is everyone denies reality, and. Uh, it's it's there, and it's plainly there. How widespread it is, I got to admit, I don't know that, but I do believe that it is fairly widespread, and that the the very programs that are glorified, the the coaches who are glorified, are some of the most uh, the guilty parties. Yeah. So how are you supposed to enjoy that? You're not. And that's why when you when we bring in what we talked about yesterday, if you bring in the, the various you know monies for the likenesses and everything, is it, is it already doing that? I mean, are we already there? And that's the strongest argument against the points that I was making yesterday about the the, the California legislation is that it's it's basically already happening. And if you move it above board, you take out the corrupt aspects of it, right? But, but I don't know. Then how do you limit it? You know, even if you bring it above board, can you, you can. can you limit it, or no. does it just the ball just keeps on rolling? The ball keeps on rolling. And so, I mean, what you said yesterday gave me a lot to think about, and I, I don't know. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with college sports right now a little bit, even though I enjoy it so much. In the back of your mind, it's it's always okay. Can you just go ahead and enjoy this, knowing what's going on? Or at least what you suspect is going on? I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a question for each and every one of us to answer. But haven't ourselves. we all been doing that for years? Yeah, all, because all it, of us who love college sports, I mean, we, oh, we've all known about it. It's from, been going on since the 30s and 40s. Right, right. And oftentimes the most successful programs are the guiltiest, in my opinion. Uh, but I don't know. If, if you uh, you got to prove it somehow, and if you can't prove it, then, then you just – Smile and keep on whistling. But you know, some corrupt high school coach shouldn't be putting forty grand in his pocket. You know, I, I, I think about that. I mean, if you if you allow 
them to profit off their likeness, so, uh, the collegiate athletes. At least that forty grand might go to the kid mm-hmm. instead of some bozo college coach who's just yeah. profiting, who's taking advantage, yeah. or or the crooked recruiting services people out there. And, and by the way, it makes me feel bad for a guy like Will Snowden who runs a, a, a straightforward recruiting service that is doing a lot of good in in, in a lot of kids' lives, helping them with opportunities, whether it's you know Division One or One AA or whatever, kids across the board, because there are a lot of guys out there who are recruiting, quote unquote, recruiting services, who have only their own interests in mind and are just off to make themselves off the backs of amateur athletes. I mean, I think amateurism needs to stay, but that the dark side of it is bad. That's bad. I almost well, feel like there is no amateurism already. It's it's evaporated but the problem is is if the concept of amateurism goes away i truly believe that college sports will go away at least and the big, might, at least the big ones that make money i i think the where the amateurism exists is in some of the so-called olympic or minor or smaller sports where these athletes go out and dedicate themselves to it in every which way that other uh, big-time athletes big-time sports do but uh they there's there's not a market for it there's not uh any payoff for it and so the athletes themselves don't really get see any of that uh so some of that action is above board i think but some of this other stuff especially college basketball i don't trust it but well, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing to trust. I, I think you're 100% right on the money and, and the solution. But, the, but the, the thing with the concept of amateurism, of what everybody likes to compare college sports to the Olympics, but there's a, there's a real fundamental difference. The Olympics wants amateur athletes because of this, this um, ideal that they pretend to have, that it's all about amateur athletes, which it's not. But they, they've had that since the Olympics began, so they pretend that amateurism is important to them but it's really not so they can you know go have your sponsor deals and we'll pretend that you're an amateur and no big deal right the difference with college is is amateurism is a, it's a legality college athlete, athletics would be illegal if the if the kids made money if amateurism didn't exist college sports would be illegal so well, they that, don't, that's they, the they, problem. Don't, they don't want the liability involved in it, and that's why they're championing a- amateurism. No, it's because college universities are not professional sports organizations. They're not, they're but they also they don't want the liability for their so-called employees. So they don't want to call them employees because they don't want to be liable for them. Okay, I I understand what you're saying, but define that's been but the case define since liable. the fifties. But define liable. They can't afford it, for one. But, well, but that, that may be true. I mean, I don't know what they can afford and what they can't afford when I see the billions of dollars that are doled out by networks and sponsors and other things. But uh, I'm talking about liability from a standpoint of, uh, you know, getting hurt on the job. And, uh, well, you could run down a whole list of things that they, would, they could possibly be held accountable for that they aren't now. Universities could not pay cash for their their athletes, so they pay in trade, which is what frustrates me so much about people who are saying that athletes don't get compensated because they absolutely do. It's just not in cold, hard cash. And actually, I think if they really thought about it, they might not want cold, hard cash. Because of the tax uh, ramifications? Taxes, insurance, lots of stuff like that. Hmm. Well... Something's going to give here pretty soon. But if it's amateurism, college sports is going away. Well, I mean, 
if that's what it's going to be, unless Congress steps in and, and makes some sort of protection for uh, college sports, I, they, they've done that for other organizations in the past. I, or maybe they feel like they can find some in-between somewhere, and I, I don't know whether they can or they can't, but uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch. But anyway, I hope uh, where this conversation started, I hope eventually when the NCAA gets around to it, I guess, I hope they absolutely throw the book at Sean Miller because if BYU can't say, hey, we didn't know what was going on, then he shouldn't be allowed to either, and Arizona shouldn't be allowed to either. Isn't it interesting that in an environment where idealism is championed and is supposed to be above all, uh, that's where the greatest chunks of uh, corruption exist yeah uh, i believe what you're pointing out there is hypocrisy no well at least in professional sports okay these people are paid a whole lot of money and uh everybody knows what they're paid and it's uh it is all above board stay tuned at least most of them. we'll have more from the utah rv super show from the mountain america expo center coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone this is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Yesterday, I had to get back in a hurry to produce the big show. As I got to the metal detector, I took my phone, my keys out, my name badge off, and put it in the little bucket. Waltzed on through like I always do, and it buzzed. And I had said as I walked through, uh, this never goes off, I'm okay. <laughs> and the guy with the wand comes walking over. He's like, oh, really? Uh-huh. And there's a binky. In my pocket on a a lanyard with a metal clasp on the end of it. And everyone looked at me like, the first thought they had wasn't, oh, you're a father. It was, you've been to a rave this afternoon, haven't you? Yeah, right. (laughs) He said, I better hear about this with Tony or I'm going to let him know myself. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Want to remind you to join us tomorrow. The Big Show is going to be live at the warehouse, 3 to 6, 1967 South, 300 West. The warehouse prices so low. It will blow your mind. Also want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking uh, offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport parking we are live today from the utah rv super show at the mountain america expo center 9575 south state street right here in sandy they're open tonight until nine tomorrow from two to nine saturday from 10 to nine and sunday from 10 to four right here at the utah rv super show so what you're saying is there is a time for everyone isn't there a song about that uh, yeah, I guess there is. I don't think isn't that. it based on a? Isn't there? A, isn't it based on a Bible verse? Yes, it is. Who sings that? The birds? Beats me. I don't know. Mamas and the papas.
Is it Maybe. the mama? Is it the mamas and the papas? Anyway, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, good times. Come come down and see us. Hey, uh, Rudy lost to Joe over there in the FIBA World Cup as uh, the Australia uh, beats France. But uh, Rudy said, Rudy talked about how. Uh, they have really good camaraderie, and he's not happy about losing to Joe, but uh, the, the, the Jazz are pretty close. He wanted to slap him upside the head or something? Something along those lines, yep. Do you think that's because uh, Australia could bomb away from the outside and not go in where, uh, where Rudy roams? I still don't understand why Team USA didn't do that when they played against France. Maybe because they don't have as good as shooters. But I, I think, you know, the Jazz are building around Rudy and Donovan. And, and Mike Conley, there's no doubt he's going to be a, a key piece. Bogdanovich, you know, is going to be a key piece. But they're, they're building around those two guys. And I wonder, you know, the Jazz locker room has been seemingly so healthy for the past couple of years. Uh-huh. I, I will be interested to see as now they move into a more veteran roster, if that continues, if that was coming from Donovan and Rudy. Does that make sense? Well, I, I would, I, it's hard for me to imagine a problem coming from Conley, you know. I mean, he, he's no uh, Mark Jackson. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. Exactly. And he's going I think he's going to be pleased with his role. He's going to uh, Quinn is going to depend on him, utilize him, value him. Uh, and, and so when a player gets all that going for him, then usually he's pretty happy. Uh, I don't know about the other veterans and the roles they're going to have. I guess we'll see how that goes. But we've talked with all of them on our air, yeah. mm-hmm. and they all seem like they had good attitudes. So I, I, I would be fairly surprised to see uh, attitude issues with uh, this team moving forward as far as divisiveness in the locker room. That doesn't seem like that's the way to bet. Because I, I think that's where leadership is where that comes from uh, internally on the team, not necessarily from a coach. I think a coach can really dictate a lot, but locker room chemistry doesn't really come from the coach. That comes from the leadership on the team. Yeah, that's a good point. And like uh, I didn't watch all of the, the Dennis Rodman 60 and 60 thing on, on ESPN, but I mean, when he, I, I saw a clip from him where he talked about going to the Bulls to play you know, with with Michael Jordan and Dennis was a little bit of a loose cannon, maybe the definition of loose cannon. But on that team, he had to fall in line. That was Jordan's leadership and it was rock solid and nothing was going to challenge that. And like uh, Tony Parks, I'll give him a lot of credit. He brings this uh, up a lot with those great Spurs teams. Why was Popovich basically able to coach the way he wanted and not have a mutiny like Kawhi Leonard on his hands. It's because Tim Duncan bought in. Yeah. Because yeah. Tim Duncan set the tone. Tim uh-huh. Duncan, he let he let Pop yell at him and treat yes. him like one of the guys, and it meant like, oh, man, if Tim's putting up with that, well, yeah. then I guess I have to, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's it'll be interesting to see how that how that works with the Jazz with Rudy and Donovan, because they're the two. If they're coachable, Everybody else kind of has to be coachable. If they, uh, you know, listen to Quinn, everybody else is going to listen to Quinn. They're really important. Their attitudes and how they affect the locker room is critical. And you know there are going to be some tough stretches. 
You know, there's going to be some period of time where things aren't going the way the Jazz want them to go, especially with the high expectations and whatnot. And that's when these things are really, really important to tamp down any kind of discord or grumbling or moaning and groaning about what's going on or how somebody's being used. Uh, I could make a difference if we just did things differently. Now, I I think you're right. Uh, If if you say that in front of uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, then you're probably going to get a near full back. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's it's interesting to see how they're developing as leaders. And it's probably good for them to play on these FIBA teams from a leadership standpoint, too. Donovan, you know, he's a captain on that Team USA. He probably has learned some lessons. Yeah, it didn't work out the way he wanted it to, but from as far as his performance went, I don't know how he did against Serbia. Did you I know? didn't see either. I mean, it probably didn't matter but uh, at that point. But he certainly was featured in a lot of ways, which will benefit him in the long run because it's so important for donovan mitchell not just to be a leader on this team but also to believe to think of himself as a leader yep all right we're live at the utah rv super show come on by and see us mountain america expo center 95 75 south state street open tonight until nine tomorrow from two to nine saturday from 10 to nine and sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, there's something for everyone, no matter your budget. You can go to uh, utahrvsupershow.com for more details and discount passes. Kids 12 and under are free. So check it out this weekend. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. I saw you were trying to sell some Gobert State on Twitter. You said, I'm not doing it just defensively. I'm selling some of this offensively, too. My real estate on Gobert Island, I mean, I've got a palatial estate. <laughs> I have had great acreage on Gobert Island <laughs> as a top 10 player in the NBA. You know, we have great space and I have super views and there's no construction. And I go to the coffee shop on Gobert Island. There's very few other people on it with me who believe he's a top 10 player in the league but it is at times lonely and i frankly need to make some more money so i'm willing to parcel off some pieces of my land but it'll be nice when i go to the coffee shop and have some more people around to talk to catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we want to say big thanks to uh, the folks here at the Utah RV Super Show. We've had a great time. Uh, and DJ and PK, actually, are going to be out here getting the word out about it uh, tomorrow morning, too. Yeah, and I've been fully aware of when the RV show starts. Started. Which is good. Which is really and good. And I haven't smelled any dog food. <laughs> so so uh, also, I'm, I'm off to a rip-roaring snort start here. Rip-snorting start? Rip-snorting start? <laughs> Sure. Uh, we've got the movie zone coming up right around the corner. Uh, earlier today, I, I said that I thought uh, that you you were searching for the celebrity that you looked like, and I said Gary Busey. Scotty uh, thought that that was pretty right on. And then I also have to say I thought Big Trouble in Little China was a terrible movie, and now he's angry at me because apparently he loves that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, so well, don't take my word for it. I'm not perfect. has different tastes in movies. I mean, you know, just because one person likes it and the other dislikes it doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong. What do you have? Uh, what is your favorite movie you've ever seen? Do you have a definitive number uh, one? No, Mm-mm. I don't. I probably do. 
You do? That's probably the Godfather. Oh well, that's a that's a pretty solid choice, I'd say. But we're going for definitive number one. I mean, a lot of a lot of critics would agree with you. Uh, Godfather Two was also good. I, I took a movie class in college, and the, that professor said Godfather Two was better than Godfather One. I don't know if I would agree with that, but I think everybody can agree that both are far better than Godfather Three. Yes. And what's the worst movie you've ever seen? The worst movie I've ever seen. Big Trouble in Little China might be up there. <laughs> how could you be? How could your opinions be so divergent? Uh, it's Scotty's favorite movie of all time. Okay, and you so, hated it? so here's why, honestly, because Scotty probably saw it when he was a kid, and so there's some nostalgia there where you mm. you see it when it first comes out, and you were super into it. I saw it when I was in my twenties. And I had a buddy that was in love with Big Trouble in Little China and just talked about it all the time. And then I finally watched the movie. He made me watch the movie, and I just thought it was so dumb. So I think it's it's what vantage point you're coming from, I'll right? tell you a movie that the critics seemed to like that I hated. Uh, I really didn't like it. And I'm not because it wasn't a good movie, but it was too much for me. The Revenant. I uh, never saw it. When Leo DiCaprio gets absolutely torn to shreds by that bear, I, I don't need. I didn't need. Didn't you that, walk out of that movie? No. There may be a, there may be a morning show host that uh, walked out on that. PK one. walked out on it. He and his wife may have, uh, but uh, they were done with their popcorn. Uh, I watched a pretty. Oh, never mind. I watched a pretty terrible Jennifer Aniston movie not that long ago. Which uh, one? I can't even remember the title of it. Uh, All I know is when it was done, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, there's two hours. We're never getting back. <laughs> okay. Just awful. All right. Movie Zone coming up right around the corner. Austin and Adrian, stay tuned for that. Thanks again to the folks here at the RV Show. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, Gordo, over at the warehouse. All right. I'll see you then. Thanks to all our listeners. We do appreciate you tuning in. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.